welcome to a brand new episode of The Partial Historians. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Red. And I am your second host, Dr. G. Welcome, everybody. Indeed. We're back into the narrative. Back in the saddle again. The story continues. It's been a long time since we've done a narrative episode. We've been too special. We for have. our own good. <laughs> Been jotting around here and there, Crovatus here, Tiberius there. Yeah. Oh, it's all been happening. So it's it's exciting times to get back into the narrative. Yes. But I think the real question is, where are we up to in the narrative? Well, I, I mean, it was a pretty low point if my memory serves me correctly. Wasn't there like a hideous plague the last time we spoke? Pestilence. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So it was about like what 463, 462, something like that. Yeah, roundabout. Yeah. 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 Hazy okay. dates, hazy times, lots of death. Yes, and not just poor people, important people too. Consuls <laughs> dying exactly. in the moment. I know. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump into continuing on from this sort of uh, natural health epidemic disaster mm. moment yes um, i just want to bring your attention to a couple of little details about pestilence you always have my attention dr g but go go ahead i did more research <laughs> i'm very excited um i found i came across a paper by northwood where he is looking at grain scarcity and pestilence together and looking at the analytic tradition so we're both reading source material you're reading Livy yeah I'm reading Dionysius of Halicarnassus and they're both classified as analysts they're doing a year-by-year history it's very handy for us it's very (laughs) handy for us and obviously it it makes sense from a linear perspective of time yes and a historical record that's based on time progressing yeah fine but what about this pattern of pestilence so, I just thought it was, you know, disease. That's kind of, <laughs> but that's kind of how it worked, especially in an age where, you know, sanitation is not quite up to standard that we are used to. <laughs> Things may have smelled a little bit worse in ancient Rome than they do today. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it is fair to say. Yeah. Um, so this issue with pestilence, the yes. reason why I bring it up is because part of the problem that we have generally as historians looking at the analytic tradition mm. is that we just don't know how much we can trust our written source material mm. for these early years of Roman history. Yeah. They're writing about stuff that they haven't witnessed. Uh, they're relying on sources that we no longer have. Yeah. And the details themselves seem a little bit hazy and sometimes from a narrative perspective, maybe a little convenient for the sort of stories they want to tell about the world they're living in at the time they're writing. Well, that's true. I mean, although we have precious little from this actual time period that we're looking at, the analytic tradition wouldn't be a trove of like heaps of heaps of detail. It's not, no. That's not the idea. I mean, the Romans don't really start doing history like you and I are talking about it, like with Livy and Dionysus and Halicarnassus until much later. Yeah, so these guys are writing in like 1st century BC Mm. and they're talking about events that are happening 300, 400 years earlier. And their sources are patchy or like just not not particularly detailed. Yeah, Yeah, and often they're relying, they're trying to piece these things together, sometimes Mm. from really fragile records. Yes. So Afasti, for instance, is recording the names of the two consuls and maybe a couple of other things, maybe some religious stuff. But apart from that, it's a blank slate. Yeah. Um, we know that some records are recording instances of pestilence. Mm. Mm. For religious reasons. Yeah, for their connections <laughs> to this the This is gods. why Dr. G is looking super excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm smiling a lot, my friends. Um, so 
What we have is a sense in which there are different patterns in our analytic sources. And this yeah. is what Northwood is looking at. Right. Um, grain shortages, which are happening periodically, mm. is the argument here. I and wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that there's not many agricultural workers because they've all been, you know, at war. Life is tough out there when you're trying to farm, but you also need to kill some people. Damn you, neighbors. Um, so there's that problem. Yes. And then there's also these insolences, instances. <laughs> I like that word. Insolences. Insolences. <laughs> Stop being so insolences. Um, instances of pestilence. Yes. Which appear to be happening about every 10 years or so. I feel like that's kind of standard, isn't it? I mean, for life before modern sanitation to a certain extent. I mean, I'm sure the Romans have their own unique explanation, but I'm just, yeah, I kind of feel like these kinds of plagues, God knows what kind of disease they are, do recur fairly regularly. Yeah, and this is essentially the same conclusion that Northwood has come to as well. Right, yeah. Is that... Uh, the assertion by some historians that perhaps the analysts are making up these instances of pestilence oh. as a way to fill in the fallow years where there's not enough military activity or politics to talk about Interesting is maybe not that uh, sort of bad. Uh, maybe it's not the way things are going. Um, and actually pestilence is a way of recording something that has come up in Fasties as well. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, so hmm. they're making it up, are they? Well, juicing they're... up the record, are they? <laughs> they? They might be. Nothing like a quick academic to like spice up your narrative. I must admit, because we're obviously taking things quite slowly. <laughs> that's what we are. That's how we are as women, you know. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Um, I kind of did feel like that period where we were just talking about the pestilence was a bit of a meh time period politically and militarily you know i mean let's face it we're getting decades into the republic now and we're still fighting the same old enemies dr g where's someone new and exciting on the horizon (laughs) first of all you have to kill everybody off so fresh blood can come through yeah it just i kind of did feel like we were getting to that point now i'm suspicious Ah. however however the thing is i kind of feel like that last time we were talking about there must have been some reality there because you know important people were dying they were running through interregna like they were going out of fashion (laughs) yeah and and this is the thing to keep in mind is that even if we can't be sure of our written source material which we can't no um that we shouldn't just dismiss these narratives of pestilence out of hand yeah um likewise with things like grain scarcity well i guess i think the thing is when i think of pestilence i tend to think of bubonic plague which it, not, it isn't necessarily that. I mean, it could just be a really terrible flu. We don't really know. Like, yeah, get your flu shots, guys. <laughs> yeah, th- this is the thing. We, they never give us enough detail for us to retroactively diagnose what kind of disease we're dealing with. And it's clearly, I mean, we've looked at a few now. They're clearly not exactly the same. It's just, it's still kind of vague. They tend to focus on like how many people are dying and, and who's falling out, which is good but not super useful, so. Yeah, nobody's taking a record of symptoms. Uh, not a detailed one. Not a record that Not lasts one lasts. that suits the doctors. Oh! oh, oh, oh. 
All right. Well, on that note, I will just move straight away from pestilence and we'll get back into the narrative. I ruined it. Excellent. <laughs> That's all I had to say about that. No, topic. thank you for that extra detail. That's awesome. That's okay. All right. So I guess we should probably start with the consoles of uh, the new year. Um, and it's great to have some consoles back on the scene after everybody dying. <laughs> yeah, after a lot of interreges, uh, we finally have some new consoles. Do, 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 and they're going to live. Do, do, do. They're going to live for a whole year. <laughs> so my consoles are listed as Lucius Lucretius, Trichopatinus. <laughs> yeah, I know. My emphasis is all off with that, but it's a, it's a mouthful, that one. <laughs> and Titus Vitturius Gaminus, or, or or potentially Titus Vitusius Gaminus. Ooh. Or Gaminus, depending on how you prefer. Hello. Yeah. All right. I think we are in the same year, so this is a good sign. Excellent. I have Lucius Lucretius Tree Chip. Tilinus. See, I told you it was yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm I, just going to call him Tricky Lucretius. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, likes to trick a trip for a trip for a little Oh my god, I'm rubbing Okay, I stop. Yeah. I <laughs> and Titus Vitturius Gaminus, or Titus Vitturius Gaminus uh, Chirinus. Yes, there yeah. is that extra name. So yes. there's nothing like these two. They'll definitely stick out in your memory, <laughs> listeners. And these yeah. guys, oofed. <laughs> so yeah, so so these guys take over, and according to Livy, Rome is actually in a pretty good spot right now, which is not what you might be expecting, given all the disease and everything. But he's saying that not that they were not only able to defend themselves finally, but they could actually attack people. Hooray! This feels like a very quick turnaround. And this is these are the kinds of narrative moments where you're like, I don't know about this analytic tradition, guys, because we tick over in the calendar year and all yeah. of a sudden the pestilence is gone. Well, this is where, like, you was, I think you said this last episode and it ties into what you were just saying. There was so, there was so much devastation and death, uh, but it did seem very neatly shoehorned into, like, a year. So either, as you say, they're kind of making it up or they're fudging the dates like it's been a lot longer than just a year well maybe it was just the flu season and maybe now and now we've hit spring everybody's like you oh, know i feel it's sprightly again hey, guys. Look, if it's a new strain it can knock you up sure but yeah yeah anyway so yeah things are looking pretty good for rome you know that rome is back to full strength when they feel like they can attack people um boy do they have a lot of vengeance to navigate well it's not entirely them in my account it's the hunishi their allies who come to them for help. And this is why they're like, right, let's do this. <laughs> is that how things unfold in Dionysus? Uh, kind of. Mm. Um, it's definitely the Hunutians that are sort of like calling for some aid. Right. Um, because it seems that the Aquians and the Volskii have sort of taken a combined force and sat it outside yes. on the edge of Hunutian territory being like, well, if anything's <laughs> going to drag the Romans out of their city, it'll be us sitting right here. We're watching and waiting, <laughs> waiting and watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Dionysius of Halicarnassus, he notes that um, Sextus Titius, one of the tribunes, mm-hmm. tries to revive the measure for the allotment of land. Oh, um, Okay. But the populace will not permit it. Because they're too fixed on, you know, helping out the allies and whatnot? I don't know. I'm very oh. confused about the populace at this point. And I was like, guys, you still need that land a lot. Yeah. Um, no it's been reason- decades in the coming now. <laughs> it has. No real reason. I'm not persuaded um, that they would not permit it. 
Interesting. See, I did consult our old friend Baratian, so I knew that this Titus character would spring up somewhere, but it's not really a feature in Livy's narrative. Yeah, and it really just sort of gets sidelined. Um, Dionysius basically makes out that the people are much more interested in waiting till a better time uh, mm. to pursue this. Well, but, that does seem wise, given everything that's been going on in their lives. Yes, I've just recovered from the flu, <laughs> and my friends, the Hanushans, need my aid. <laughs> I have to think about my own land allotment later. Well, I also feel like, I mean, the, the populace, whoever they may be, <laughs> must have been pretty depleted. Yes. Maybe that means that there was, you know, more available to the ones that survived. Oh. You know how after, like, the Black Death, there was so much extra stuff for the people left behind? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exact, I keep, I keep, I'm fixating on the bubonic plague. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I feel like if I was a remaining populace at this point, I'd be really pressing for the land allotment to get through. I'd be like, you know what? I get a bigger chunk of the public land it right now. It does seem clever for that reason. But then, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe they're just... Maybe they just feel like there's more around. But anyway, I'm digressing. Yes. Mm. Well, in other things that seem unlikely in Dionysius' narrative, okay. um, the Senate votes for war and everybody's very excited and they enroll straight away. Right. Mm. Very smooth. Yeah, very, very smooth. smooth very smooth. They're divided into three forces. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's how many they've got. Yeah. <laughs> Enough for three different armies. Yeah. They've got the one that's going to stay home. Right. And that's going to be led... The lucky army. <laughs> Well, depending. Will we have another outbreak of pestilence? That's true, that's true. <laughs> Run away! Um, so we've got the one that's going to stay home, led by Quintus Furius, or Ooh. also known as Quintus Fabius, if you're Livy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, old I was say, I, I've got Quintus Fabius, but I would definitely have noticed if there was a Furius around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really only Dionysius who wants this guy to be a Furius. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, I do like the extra Furius in my life. <laughs> Maybe he's on the cusp of half-half. Mm. Um, this is the old consul of 467. Um, mm. And famous for concluding an awkward, not lasting peace with the Aquians. Yeah, I feel like that was Fabius. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it is Fabius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Um, and the other two are heading off towards Aquian and Volskii. Yes. Um, now, in my account, Viturius or Vitusius is sent up against the Volskians. And <laughs> tricky Lucretius. <laughs> um, he is meant to help out the allies by making sure that their territory is nice and secure. Mm, how mm. does that go? Well, I mean, pretty well, actually. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, as far as the securing goes, there's a bit of a complication, but I don't want to preempt you too much. Oh, no. I'm really interested in what's okay. going on in your narrative. All right. So Lucretius rocks up, stays with the Hanetians, and they're like, yay, we're so glad you're well again. And so he Don't secures their territory. Him. He knows that his, his job is not to go any further than that. Um, so the only catch is a band of raiders managed to get past him. Yeah. Awkward. So whilst he's staying put, they unfortunately, you know, get around the territory <laughs> somehow. Um, and they start ravaging some fields that are getting a little too close to Rome for the Romans' liking. And so the people who are back at home, I mean, as I said, I just called them lucky. I can't believe I did that because I know that they start panicking. <laughs> they start panicking. Again, I feel like this is a typical thing for the Romans, or at least as Livy would like the Romans to be. They're panicking more because they're surprised than because there's actually a problem because they're fine. Like they've got Quintus Fabius, like they're all good. 
the fences are fine, but because they're taken unawares, they start panicking. I feel like this is at least the third or the fourth time I have said that about the Romans. It also seems like a bit of a comedy of errors. Being like, da, 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 going out with my army. Oh no, the bandits have gotten around me. The force in the background is like, ah! I just kind of feel like it's, like, it's almost as though the Romans are like, we're super freaking tough. Nothing can get past us. We will defeat the entire world. Except, oh my God, I didn't see you standing there. Oh my God. Are you in my cornfield? Can you tell me when you're standing there? I'm really scared. Do I know you? I don't know you. Stranger, danger, stranger, danger. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Somebody needs to call the neighborhood watch meeting right now because we need to confer about this because I do not recognize you, Sunshine. It's just not the way things are done. I don't know who this band is that you're part of, but you need to get back. Exactly. So luckily, of course, though, Quintus Fabius is there. And he calms them right down because he turns around to the young men. I presume the flower of the youth, although this is not specifically said to me. The young men and the people who have been left to his defences. And he's like, right, everyone, quick march, get into your positions, blah, blah, blah. And he calms everything right down. And the enemy are like looking at this going, hmm, okay, well... After initially throwing up their skirts and uh, running away, <laughs> seems like these Romans have got their act together. I'm not sure if I can be bothered to attack the city. <gasps> I Think- just abandoned. <laughs> yeah. I think I might just plunder in their eyesight while looking at them menacingly. And I will content myself with that. Yeah, a bit of like a what's up action. I see you're organized over there, but what about this field? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is, that's about as far as I want to go without checking in with you and seeing what's happening in your neck of the woods. That seems like pretty standard warfare on all sides at this point in it time. It really is, <laughs> yes. Hi, I can see you watching me while I set your crops on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, you can't help but think that given where the Romans presumably are at after, you know, the pestilence, <laughs> that this would be a good time to attack the city if they really were that weak, but... Yeah, look, yeah. Nobody, anyway. nobody's really playing the long game here, are they? They <laughs> always are. <laughs> um, so, I don't have anything about this group of bandits. Oh, really? Yeah, nice nothing. school one, Livy. <laughs> I'm pounding Livy right now. I mean, sorry, that's kind of wrong. I meant... <laughs> You're fist pumping, Fist Livy. pumping, that's what that's I meant. That's different. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> Livy, Livy turns in his grave and he's like, well, hello <laughs> there, Dr. I've been writing a lot of essays and the words are swirling in my head. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Livy and I are fist bumping. <laughs> Across time and space. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we have this moment where um, Lucretius is heading off into the country of the Aquians. Right, yeah. And Vitruvius is heading off to that of the Volscians. Yes. Literally nobody is staying with the Hanutians. Aww. They're kind of like, no, no, it's best if we, what we will do as a strategy is by attacking the Volskii and the Aquians in their home territory, that will draw their combined forces back. You know, I, I wish I had my map right now. I can't remember who brought us who. Are the Aquians right next to the Hanutians? I kind of feel like they are close. Oh, wait, I have a map for this. Nice. Yes, I do. I do. Nice, nice. Um, So the Hanutians are right smack in the middle 
of that's right. Volskii and Aquian That's territory. why they always get slammed. Poor Hanitian. Yeah, so <laughs> we're looking at this magical map right now, which is divided up into language groups. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so if you head directly sort of east um, of Rome, yeah. you're heading towards um, the Aquian territory. The, the southeast is where the Hanusians are. Right. And then the more southeast is where the Volsci yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, I claim our accounts actually do kind of match up. Because I kind of feel like if you are securing the Hanusian territory, then you must also be, you know, well, relatively close to the Aquians. Kind of. So yeah. you've, you've got these combined forces. According to Dionysus, this combined force of Volskii yeah. coming up and uh, Aquians coming down to yeah. attack the Hunusians. And then the Roman forces splitting up and going to yes. the Volsci and Aquian territory to try and massage that situation. So they're not, <laughs> they're not directly helping the Hunusians at this point. It's sort of like an indirect attack. No, no, I get it. But to I draw kind them of out. feel like that, that could be, yeah, just the way you tell the story, like... I feel like it's the Aquian sort of eluded my guy. Mm-mm. Oh, lucky. Oh, the Aquian. So <laughs> no, you, reckon this, you, you reckon this group <laughs> yeah. of bandits is like the Aquians going that's what around. I, mean. I kind of feel like that's the Aquians Rome. because the Romans are in the Hanusian territory. Potent- I mean, securing, the, securing it to me means that you'd be on the border. So I guess that's why I feel like our accounts kind of match up because, yeah, that would mean that, that I feel like the Aquians would know the Romans are there. And they they felt they've gone. <laughs> and the Aquians are famous for their guerrilla warfare tactics. True, I remember yes. this. Yes, yes, that is very true. Yeah. I'm feeling very persuaded right now. Mm. Anyway, mm. continue. Yeah. Um, so, what happens at that point is that um, the Volskians get kind of excited. Mm. Um, so the Aquian response is to just kind of watch from a distance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> well, well, Lucretius is invading their country, and they retreat back to their own city, and they and they just kind of watch and let them burn some fields. The Volscians in Volscian territory, however, see Veturius's force approach mm. and then get pretty excited. And they're yeah. like, you know, we could take these guys. <laughs> we see you there. They've still got a flimmy cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Dionysius says that the Volscians are inspired by rashness, arrogance, and despising the Roman army. And this is, these are the three things that drive them forward. Oh well, yeah, I mean, what else is there, really? <laughs> and driven by these three things, uh, we get some foreshadowing of what's going to happen in this narrative. Mm. Um, they get very excited, um, but they get quite confused and scared when the Romans start up with their war cry. Oh, okay. I know. I did. I'd love to know what this war cry this is, is about. This is not in Livy, so I'm always <laughs> the Roman war cry. Wrong. <laughs> uh, and they're like, okay, all right. And then they flee inside the walls. Um, and most of them are killed because they flee. So they come out of the fortress. And they're like, yeah, we'll take them. It'll be great. And they're mm. like, oh no, the Romans have a war cry. Quick, run away. <laughs> um, and then the Romans fall upon them and kill lots of them. Mm. You know, actually, after having been very convincing in terms of, like, that this, this band of raiders would have been Aquians, I'm now coming around to the idea that maybe they weren't. <laughs> or at least they were a blend, maybe. Because I don't have the details that you have, but it does seem to be um, this band of raiders that 
end up fighting Tricky Lucretius. <laughs> Gotta Ooh. get remembering to say that. All right, um, yeah. Because it seems to me that he runs into them. Oh, wait, no, I'm confusing myself. Never mind. No, 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 you're right. Continue. Well, I'll, I'll keep going with my narrative and yeah. we'll see if anything starts well, to tee up. Yeah, I, guess, I guess the thing is, in my account, it's definitely Viturius that's dealing with the Volskians, as is yours. Yes. And he definitely wins a battle with them. Yes. No problems. Okay, so we're agreed on that. Yeah, but then it seems to be Lucretius that runs into this band of raiders on their way back. Oh. And therefore, it seems to me like maybe they are Volskians, but it's not clear. I think anyway. we have just very different True. narratives, yeah, to Yeah, I should start making it try and fit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they're not going to fit because things get worse in my narrative. Um, okay. So the Romans have tried this strategy of like attacking the home territories yeah. of the Aquae and the Volskii to draw that combined force away from the Hunutians. Right. But it doesn't work. Mm. Um, because the leaders of that combined force decide that now is the perfect time to forget the Hunutians and make straight for Rome. Because oh. most of the armies of Rome are out in the field. Of course. And they're like, yeah. well, you know, you're going to attack our home cities. So we're coming for you. Yes, yes. Um, so they're like, now we're behind the enemy lines, essentially. And they make a break for it. They're like, we can do it. We can do it. Um, vengeance. Um, so they do this. And they, they're like, it's going to be great. Don't you worry. We'll get there. We'll either take Rome or we'll drive the enemy out of our own territory. So it's exactly the same strategy yes. that the Romans have applied to them. Right. But they're just doing it in the opposite direction. And the Romans have got two enemies to worry about. Yes. Yeah. But they're operating with a combined force. Yes. Anyway, things take a turn mm. um, because they get as far as Tusculum. Ooh. Yeah, which is, you know, reasonably close to Rome. You can see Rome in the distance across the plain. Tusculum is one of the places that these raiders apparently attack. Mm. Yeah, and mm. Tusculum's sort of on the base of the hills south of Rome. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably about, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 kilometers away. But you can, up the hill, you can sort of look out and you can see the city of Rome in the yeah. distance. And there'll be a bit of it over there. And you'll be like, mmm, we're so close. Yeah. I can see Rome. It sounds close. Too close. Yes. Um, but by the time they get there, um, they notice that or they learn at that point that Rome has a third army which is defending the walls. Right. So okay. that's the moment that they're like, oh, wait a minute, we've made a terrible mistake. We thought the, Ro <laughs> we thought the Roman city was going to be completely undefended. You yeah. don't tell me they have three armies and one of them's defending the city. We, we don't want to face known. anybody. We uh, should have known being in the field <laughs> against tricky Lucretius. <laughs> yeah, so instead they lay some waste around Tusculum and then Lucretius appears... Uh, See, this is okay. This is this is where okay. You know what? Our accounts do. Meet this up. is where they match up. Yeah, because this is actually it. So these are the band. This is the band of raiders that oh. like somehow have got you know close-ish to Rome, oh. and now they're going back. And the further they are going, the further they're going away from Rome and back towards their own home. That's when they run into Lucretius, and that's where our narratives combine. Uh, <laughs> so, for what? So they must be Volskians. They must be Volskians. So, yeah. what uh, in Dionysius is the combined unified uh, force of the Aquians and the Volskii oh, together? Okay, okay, in Livy is a bandit raid. <laughs> well, well, I mean, look, it's, it's not really clear on like who's who. I'm just trying to be clear. Yeah, possibly they are a, com a combination because again, that would make sense. But yeah, anyway. 
it's basically these people who are in retreat and because they're in retreat and they're getting further and further away from Rome, their guard has dropped. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. They're perfect prey for the Romans to strike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's quite dramatic. Yeah, so this is where they run into Lucretius. Sorry, continue. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Lucretius makes camp. Um, apparently, one of the important details for Dionysius is that they store their goods in some trees nearby. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, before they get into the fight. Very important. And this battle takes ages it does seem to be a fairly significant i mean they can't be more they they it has to be more significant than like a band of raiders as in numbers wise because livy of course skips straight for the good stuff the ending (laughs) oh livy (laughs) which is that there'll be no pounding of livy today (laughs) the romans basically managed to um drive like sort of wedge them into position from which they can't really escape and the volsk i mean again I feel like this is the fourth time I've said it, so it's starting to lose some of its impact, but the Volskian name is wiped from the face of the planet. Not true, by the way, but yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And I, in fact, have some numbers for you, Dr. G. Oh, I love some good numbers. Yeah. So apparently, the number of Volskian dead is 13,470. That's really specific. Where yeah. did Livy get that figure from? Uh, well, he doesn't tell me, unfortunately. <laughs> but what he does yeah. tell me is that they captured 1,750 prisoners of war and 27 standards. 27 standards? Yes. That's huge. That's what I mean. It's not. It's clearly not just a band of raiders. <laughs> this band of raiders is a lot larger than I you thought and more well-organized. I'm giving Livy a lot of flack right now, but I haven't checked the translation, to be fair. So. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Livy, Livy, Livy. What are you doing? <laughs> We're pretty organized. 27 standards. Oh, yeah. Rome. And so what obviously, are you doing? obviously um, Lucretius gets a lot of other stuff. You know, he mm. gets a lot of spoils. Uh, actually, he t- Livy does say, although, I mean, this is vague enough for it not to count. Livy does say that he gets these numbers from certain annals, although it may be exaggerated. But there's, there's certainly no exaggerating the fact that it was a massacre. <laughs> It was a murder on the dance floor. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The visual's too much. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, the Volskii, according to uh, Dionysius, they acquit themselves bravely in conflict for a long time. Yeah, I definitely think that this is a pretty big... And yeah, and they also hear word that there is another force approaching, and this is the thing that sort of leads to their ultimate destruction. Yeah, is that they're worried that backup for the Romans is arriving. Yes, Um, and they would be correct. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because this is where the consuls start to uh, get together. You know. Yeah, yeah, Mm. and yeah, they fought. They start to run away, and that's the worst thing you can do in these kind of set two battles. Uh, because then everybody just chases after you and tries to kill you, and yeah. it's very easy because everybody's uh, armor is based on defending the front of the body, not the back. Oh, um, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, this is why people die all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you can throw stuff at them while they're running away. Well, yeah, I mean, I know it's running away is not great, but you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like tactically, it's not. It's I never not a really good think move. about the armor on the back. <laughs> Well, I think I, I, I tend to assume that the armor is designed more for the protective. No, you're the right. Front. When I now that I think about it, I guess it's because when you think about well, when I daydream, Doctor G, 
about men in armor, which I do often. I guess I use movies as visuals and generally they're obviously facing you, you know, like the viewer and facing each other. So I guess don't really think about the back as much. Yeah, you don't think about the back. But even when you look at like the sort of armor that they would be wearing, if you think about a breastplate, that's fine. But it's your breast that's being protected here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, And if you're one of the... Uh, fighters who's just like on the ground and you have to pay for your own armor you're really limited by whatever it is that you can afford yeah yeah that's true. um and what are you going to protect generally you're going to protect the front well i'm assuming that armor at this point in time is not super <laughs> good <laughs> it's not i don't think. in terms of saving lives i mean you know little things here and there sure <laughs> so it's fair to say that the romans come through this pretty well yes definitely. um lucretius is given credit for laying waste to the country of the aquians Good and Veturius goes and lays waste to the land of the volskii yes and then it's time for elections but just before that happens um in uh recognition of the grand military deeds that have happened in this year mm. lucretius gets a triumph uh, and Veturius gets an novatio Yes, except there's a slight hitch with the triumph, but I want to save that for next time. Ooh, yes. well, that's going to leave things on a uh, yes, so suspenseful Dr. note. <laughs> I think it might be time for... <laughs> and the partial pick. Ooh, All right, well, so Dr. Right. G, are we going to be dishing out Roman Eagles? I feel in the mood. All right. <laughs> So, the Romans have the capacity to win a grand total of 50 eagles. Let's see if they can do it. All right, (laughs) so... (laughs) For a possible 10 Mm -hmm. eagles. Military clout. Okay, well, finally, some good stuff. I mean, (laughs) finally. They were sick last time, but still. (gasps) Usually they do well in this category, and that was missing last time when we did this. So... I think it's pretty good. I feel like with a triumph, an ovatio, I mean, the yeah. laying of waste of two different territories. I feel like it maybe like a nine. Ooh, no? yeah, you yeah. do it. I, yeah. Yeah. The only reason it's not a ten is because of Livy's account of this like evasion by this band of raiders, whatever the <laughs> hell that means, Livy. <laughs> Livy. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna say a nine. All right. All right. Diplomacy. Well, I'm gonna lowball that one with yeah. a complete zero, no. or maybe two for like coming to the aid of the Hanushii. That is true, and they do secure their territory. And the hello friends, they seem fine, unscathed. Mm. So yeah, let's say two. All right, cool. Expansion. Well, I mean, they're not really adding new territory. They're not mm. losing any, but yeah, it's yeah, a bit, bit of a. Mm. Oh, it's still early days for that part of the yeah. empire. Is it a zero? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Wirtus. Ooh, okay. There's definitely mm. some of that going on here. Uh, <laughs> Who's got it and where did they put it? I mean, it's mostly because of like all the warfare, let's face it. It's kind of... T- Roman Wirtus is tied to intrinsically masculine characteristics. <laughs> yeah, and there's a pretty strong connection at this point, I would say, between Wirtus and getting things like a triumph or an avatio. Exactly. So, so I guess it's up there, like, I don't know, like a seven. I mean, there's no spectacular 
feats on the battlefield that I've heard that you know that either of us have really heard of. And certainly, Weirtus encompasses more than just military prowess. For sure. Like yeah. that's one thing, but it's not like anybody's won a crown for like going over the top first that's or anything I mean. like that. That's what I mean. So is or like... demonstrated some sort of moral excellence in the city. Yeah. So is it a seven or is it like a six? Hmm. Maybe a six. A six. All right. Done. All right, and let's say you were a citizen at this glorious time in Roman history. How good was your life? Well, I mean, this is a bit of a tough one because, as usual, there is virtually nothing said about them. However, in my account, they do panic and then they get calmed down. (laughs) Uh, And they're safe. Yeah, mine don't argue for the land reallotment and they just go along with the war. I feel like they're not desperately unhappy. Things have been worse. But at the same time, you know, nothing's really happening to make their life amazing. And an army coming within sight of the city doesn't sound great. I panicked, I tell you, I panicked. (laughs) I wet my pants. I've told them before, again and again, I must receive written notice before they want to attack the city. I need to feel safe. I can't farm under these conditions. So, like a three? (laughs) Is that too much? I don't know. Yeah, look, I mean, they don't die on the battlefield, so I suppose even maybe a four, perhaps. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right, so. so a four. So that leaves us with a grand total of 21 golden eagles for Ooh. Rome. That is a massive improvement on the last one. <laughs> well, my friends, it's hard to beat a plague, but they did it. <laughs> Excellent. So please join us next time to find out what happens with Lucretius' triumph? Mmm, the controversies that await us all. <laughs>